you know, as grandparents, you have a different perspective than you did as a parent. show where we remind dads of what's most important. I'm your host, Scott Moore. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, Todd, how's it going? Uh, Scott, it's a different day today. You're like in a different location. I'm like watching you on the screen, which I never get to see you on on the screen. Uh, Your background is bright and you've got this big, like, kind of (laughs) looks like a balloon behind you that I know it's for reflecting light. Where are you and why are you there? I'm in my wife's photography studio and that big thing behind us is one of those giant flashes that you see in photography studios. So it's nice and clean and bright in here because my house is dusty. You walk across the floor and you can feel it on your bare feet. So I'm going to be dusting for a long time. I think Um, they're (laughs) busting up our basement. They've been jackhammering for the last two days to bust up the floor and put in a new drain system and, yeah, and before that, I was busting out the ceiling. Uh, that was a lot of fun, especially when my wife freaked out because we have one of those nasty-looking old drop ceilings, you know, with like industrial lighting and junk. Right, that we don't right. Use. So I had to bust that all out. But the night before these guys were going to show up and start busting apart our basement, my wife started freaking out that there might be asbestos in the ceiling tiles. To which I was like, "Sweetheart." What we don't know won't kill us. (laughs) I don't have time to worry about this. If you wanted to worry about this a month ago would have been a good time, you know? (laughs) Right, right, right. But like, they're going to be here in a matter of hours. And by the way, you know, in my former life, when I dealt with workers' comp claims, I, I read a little about a couple of cases that were guys who died of asbestosis. And the only guys who got that were guys who worked for doing construction, like demolition of buildings that had asbestos for years and mm-hmm. it took them 30 years to get diagnosed. I'm not worried about our little ceiling in our basement. Right. Okay? Right. Anyway, we had to have that little freak out moment <laughs> though, which, you know, that's a that's, fun time. That's uh, par for the course when you're working on a project. And it didn't help that I had my son helping me for a moment. So then she, <laughs> she wasn't pleased. Thankfully she's merciful and we moved on. <laughs> You're probably dying of asbestos cancer right now. Yeah, that's the thing. It, you know. <laughs> I told you, Scott. <laughs> if it happens, you know, you're yeah. not gonna get it. <laughs> well, Come it's on. not me. She's worried about it. it's our son. So. That's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, I and I told yeah. when she said about me, I was like, "Honey, I'll be in 30 years. I'll be 82. If I'm not dead already, and I get diagnosed with that, just shoot me, okay?" <laughs> not that worried (laughs) she was not planning on waiting that long so you've got about how many more days of construction then and then they disappear uh the rest of this week and then i think all of next week as well wow it is a big project yeah i I sent you a couple pictures of our i know it it looked like Someone had slammed it with a car. I can literally stick my finger in some of the cracks in our basement walls. So 
Yeah, they're they're putting up steel beams to reinforce the walls and make sure they never move again because you wow. can tell you can just by looking at one of the walls you can kind of see it bowing in a little where the cracks are and wow wow it's not fun. Well, Scott, we uh, we should talk more about this, but we can't because we have a special guest today. Uh, he's not a stranger to the Family Man Show. JP Leitner has been on a couple times, and we're lucky to have him again today. He's written a book called Hooray for Grandparents. And really, it's almost like you can't hardly get him to one book <laughs> because by the time one comes in the mail, he's like got three others that are already coming out. I mean, the guy, I don't know if he sleeps. I don't know what he does. But Jay, thanks for spending a few minutes not writing a book with us. Uh, Mr. Wilson, Mr. Moore, what a stinking privilege to be here. <laughs> and I mean all that sincerely. Well, for those who may not know who you are, and I know it's hard to believe, um, even though I did, I was looking at your website, and you've got your your main picture, and you know you're standing in front of this empty auditorium, uh, and I'm thinking, <laughs> wow, he can pack him in there. Uh, so, um, but uh, tell us who you are, and tell us, you know, how you came to today. Well, uh, like you guys, I'm just a dad, really, and then I. Uh, you know, trying to make a, a living for my family. And uh, uh, out of college, I sold uh, photocopiers and law books, and that was a terrible job. And then uh, uh, my faith life was growing, and I prayed, and I ended up getting a job in advertising on Michigan Avenue in Chicago. And I, uh, I uh, you know, wrote, wrote TV commercials for Corona Beer and Midway Airlines with Mike Didka. I did coupon ads for VegAll. You remember VegAll? Uh, wow. Any fans of Sunships out there? I was on the creative team. I kind of led the creative team that named Sunships back in the day. Wow! And I'm, you know, I had three different jobs in advertising, and I might have got fired from there. I might have got fired from there. God dragged me out to a little Christian media agency out in Wheaton, Illinois, and before I knew it, I was producing Josh McDowell Radio. I I produced his radio program for 14 years, and. And uh, for Chuck Colson, every year for like 18 years, I worked with him to create his annual uh, radio fundraising special for Angel Tree. Mm. What a blast that was. And and I working with the Bible League, I did radio that helped send millions of Bibles to China. And uh, for Voice of the Martyrs, I, I wrote and produced Jesus Freaks Radio with Michael Tate and Toby Mack. What? And just God has brought me through these seasons of life. And then in the middle of that, I did some work for Christian publishers and I wrote a book. I wrote another book. My best-selling book, you guys know this, is um, 52 Things Kids Need from a Dad. We sold 200,000 copies of that thing. 52 Things Kids Need from a Dad. And now I find myself in this new season of life being a, you know, I got I got five kids. I love them desperately. I've been married 40-some years. Five kids. They, I have four wonderful daughters-in-law. But I don't care about them anymore. I don't care about them, about them anymore at all because I have, drum roll please, Eight grandkids. There you go. So that's who I am. You know what? What's the, ask me the question again, Todd. Who am I? Ask me. Who ask, are you? I'm a granddad. That's who I am. <laughs> that's you awesome. Go. Well, you're speaking not to the choir today because uh, Scott is about to be a grandfather. Oh, um, good. <laughs> we're expecting number seven here at the Wilson home. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and I know because uh, I've talked to lots of dads that a lot of dads are kind of in that transition where they're going from being the dad to the granddad. And I don't know about you, Jay, but for me, I wasn't sure how I was going to do. I don't like other people's kids. 
You know, I if, if like if you if you, it, when Scott's grandchild is born, when, if I'm there, I'll go. Yeah, that's cool. You know, but I won't go. Let me hold the little guy. Uh, and so I was I was a little unsure how this. Yeah, yeah, out. Todd. But you know, when when the, the little guy or gal is is four, you'll goof with them for sure. Oh yeah. But you know, the little well, Scott. Uh, here's the bigger question, Scott. If you're with me here, what are the kids going to call you? You don't know that yet. I'm probably going to be granddad. My wife is having endless conversations about what she's going to be called. So it, it's a big kerfuffle. But you know. uh, and, and and rightfully so. Todd, uh, Todd uh, what do your grandkids call you? They call me Pops. Pops. Okay, fantastic. Did you name yourself that or did somebody else name no, you No, we that? talked about it. We talked about it. Now, because I'm going to steal a little of your thunder because yours is the coolest name I've ever heard. <laughs> and I'm just like, why did I get one like that? Well, like, uh, um, uh, well, exactly right. And, and this is critical. Scott, I'm, I'm telling you, whatever name you end up with, people will be calling you that for the next 40 years. So, uh, well, yep. 30, maybe 20 years because you don't, you don't look too healthy. But um, <laughs> but, um, uh, but you got you to gotta choose wisely. A story or two here quick. I have a Christmas card from my mom and dad from four, over 40 years ago that was signed grandma and grandpa. And that's because they were new, a new grandma and grandpa. And uh, they had, that was their, their name. They didn't know what to call themselves. But by the time my oldest son was speaking and then his cousin, they were both born the same year. My sister said, oh, no, we're calling you Papa and Mimi. Mm. And, and, and they were going, okay. So my dad was, my mom and dad were Ken and Marge for 40 years or 50 years. And then uh, for the next 35 years, they were popping Mimi. Everybody called them that. Mm. They'd introduce themselves to that and that kind of thing. All that to say, Scott, be beware of that. <laughs> um, and I, uh, I was, so I was carefully choosing my name. Uh, Rita, my wife, my beautiful wife wanted to be grandma. G-R-A-M-A is spelled exactly that. And I said, well, you know what? Something short, punchy, Gramps. I was going for Gramps. And so I announced that I was me Gramps. And then a month later, two of my daughters-in-law said, oh, no, oh, no, we're going to call you Chief. It's like, okay, <laughs> that's cool, Chief. So I am Chief. And so uh, right now, as we speak, there was a uh, two-year-old in the next room. If you, might, you might hear him during our little podcast here. And he calls me Chief, Chief, Chief. And when those grandkids come through the door, uh, guess what? Guess what, Chief? Uh, it's the best darn feeling in the world. Maybe I should it rethink this. Too. Maybe boss or something, you know? Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Uh, think about it and have fun with it, and uh, and so or steal a good name that you hear. Maybe you could steal Chief. I, I don't know. It'd be okay if you if you Scott if you did that. Uh, funny, my wife, uh, my my bride was a, a stay at home mom for decades. Uh, I married this shy little girl, and then when our baby, we have five kids. When our daughter actually went off to, to West Point, uh, she looked around and she ran for city council. She's been on the uh, she's been an alderman for 12 years now. Uh, so not so shy anymore. But she is very good friends with the local police chief and the fire chief. And so uh, more than once, one of my grandkids will go to a, a city event and someone will say chief to a hey, chief. Blah, 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 uh, and uh, he will kind of look around. And look, You're not chief. Because I'm cheap. All right. All right. There you go. Well, you know, uh, because, and it's even harder in the days of Instagram and when everybody's checking this all out. But my grandfather, you know, who was just grandpa, uh, yeah. <laughs> he would sign his the birthday cards to us 
Lloyd H. Wagner. <laughs> you make sure you got the middle initial in. Exactly. Uh-huh. Like, just in case. Well, hey, even though you should have a list of names you shouldn't pick, but that sounds like a good list. But, uh, Jay, you know, we can't talk about names the whole time because you've got a book, Hooray for Grandparents. It's filled with gobs of good stuff. And really, your format or maybe your style of the 52 ways, I know this is not necessarily 52 ways, but it has kind of that same easy-to-read chapters. I guess that's what I like about your books. They're all easy-to-read for guys. Yeah. Um, you know, they're not real They're not real deep. Nothing personal, Jay. Oh, well, you know? <laughs> well, no, what, the, the format, thank you for acknowledging the format, is lots of short chapters. Because you can, I can get real silly in one chapter and then kind of get ser- right. serious in the next. And then you take, get a breath of fresh air and you're serious, silly and or, or maybe kind of practical in some. And that's exactly my style. Maybe because I have a short attention span. Maybe because I know guys. Yeah. Have yeah. A short, they're a short grounded. It, they're gr- your writing is grounded. It's mm. not lofty where it just feels like, yeah, that's him. I can't do it. You oh, know, yeah. It just feels like something I can do. But but you talk about grandparents, you know, uh, thinking where they might do their best grandparenting. What do you mean by that? Well, uh, yeah, that's actually just one of the chapters in the book. And um, I think if we're going to be intentional, and that's a great word that gets thrown around these days, being more right. intentional as a Christian, as a dad, as a, as a grandparent. You need to think of yourself, especially if you're not sure exactly the best way or the best way to connect with your grandkids. There is a workshop or a garden or a home office or a porch swing or a, or a kitchen sink even where you can really connect with those kids and they start to know that and trust that. They build some trust in that area. Um, and so I recommend that you think about a good place where you grandparent because that's going to come in real handy and it may change over the seasons also, of course. With newborns, uh, really the best place is putting that kid on your chest and just breathing with them. And uh, that, you know, that that 10 inches, 12, 15 inches away where they can focus on your face. And that's just not grandma's. Scott, when that little one comes, yeah, and you know this with your own kids, but you're probably, you may hug that grandkid more than uh, more than your own kids. Just let them lay on your chest. Toddlers, that means kind of getting on the same level as them. And this is a lot of the dad stuff, again, that you know from the past, but it's, you're going to double down on it. It's going to be more comfortable because... You do it when they're over or when you're over at their place. Get down to the same level on the grass or the carpet. That's where you, you know, do the Hot Wheel stuff and the Legos and the you walk the stuffed animals along and you play play, play peekaboo. And then when they're when they're let's say they're three, buy two stools, a stool that they can stand on to stand next to you at your workbench or the kitchen sink or such, so they can get up to your level. And then a stool where they can sit at the table with you. Or, or at your at your office desk kind of thing. So, again, we're thinking about about the best place where you might connect with your kids. I'm going to ask you, Todd, where do you connect with your with your grandkids? Well, you know, mine are my oldest uh, is just about ready to turn six. Mm. So um, <laughs> we do a lot of wrestling and pretending. My oldest is a granddaughter. In fact, a couple of days ago, we were up in the in our attic, which is like our play schoolroom, and we were playing with this doll. This doll is super dark skinned. One of its eyes opens, one of them doesn't, and it looks <laughs> demonic. Um, but she called it crazy baby. And so so we're fighting. They're flinging it on the ground. They're jumping on it. And then I'd hold it and it'd tack it back. So the other day, 
we were talking about it, crazy baby, crazy baby. So while they were gone, they were over to our house and I snuck over there and I put crazy baby in one of their high chairs. And <laughs> they're like, I knew I didn't say anything. And l- later on, I heard they were all freaked out. Like I'm crazy baby, get over here. <laughs> yeah. And then go. they were came to my house the next day because they live right next door. And they said, two-year-old Hudson, he said, Hey pops, are you going to take a nap anytime soon? And I'm uh, like, no. And I'm thinking they've yep. crazy baby. In my- so I waited <laughs> till nighttime and then I took a selfie with crazy baby and, uh, you know, and they just thought that was, and of course I looked terrified. Ah! And then they thought that was awesome. Uh, crazy but baby. Crazy- it- yeah, he's in the dark, in the dark shadows. Man, Crazy Baby gets really scary, doesn't it? <laughs> so Crazy Baby is is going to go back to their house real soon. Yeah, and, but that, you know, those that are wouldn't the kind of fun things. I'm sorry that would that wouldn't have happened unless you were intentional about getting down on their level because you were right. down there with them, uh, being intentional. And that whole idea of, of of where is even more important as the kids get older. You know what? If you got a teenage a teenage grandson or granddaughter, whatever they're going through. Cause you know, teenagers these days, they got, there's deal with a lot of stuff, yeah. but if they can go to hang out with grandma and grandpa or chief and grandma or whoever pops or whatever you call yourself, yeah. if they can go hang out at a safe place with grandma or grandpa, uh, with grandpa, um, they're going to learn, they're going to count on you for that's where they're going to learn life lessons. You know, they learn, they learn how to stand with the grand. If your grandson's sitting with standing with you at the uh, at, your, at your workbench, he can come down when he's a little kid and pound nails. Later on, you build real stuff, maybe. But they're gonna learn life lessons. I don't, you know, measure twice, cut once, all those good rules of life. All right. But also learn lessons about life, if I can say the difference of that. Because you know what, when a teenager is crushed or hurting or working through something. Oftentimes they can't go to mom and dad. They just feel like they they don't want to bother or they don't want to get judged by their mom and dad. But they can come to grandpa and talk to you about stuff that they may not. They need to work through. They need someone smart and that loves them to work that through. And that's going to happen because you have created a safe space, literally, maybe a safe space or at least a safe space emotionally to hang out. Uh, if we're getting too serious here, let me know. No, because uh, really you're, what you're saying is that grandparenting is not all about us. It's really it's not about what we're getting out of it, but we play a role in the same way that we parent our kids. We're grandparenting mm. our grandchildren, right? And uh, you're the one in charge of building this legacy because mom and dad are in the middle of life, man. Uh, mm. Your your kids, your adult children are, you know, crazy busy just trying to pay the bills and, you know, get to the soccer game on time and and jungle schedules. You got jump, uh, jungle? What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, anyways. <laughs> schedules juggle the word is juggle <laughs> juggle schedules um, he's a wordsmith <laughs> that's right um but you uh are building this legacy and you're the kind of once you know if, if your grandson's coming up to you and going through something tough uh and you you you're the one who can say well yeah you know you know uh, grandson that's that's not good i i understand that's a but you know what uh you know our family the wilson family or the moore family or the pale our family uh, you know, we have a history of of overcoming obstacles pretty well. And you know what? We'll, we usually find something better right around the next corner. So you can say that in your grandfather tone. You know, as a young grandson, we'll get, you're going to get through that because you're a paylightener. That would sound corny coming from mom and dad. But from grandpa, you can say that and that grandson's going to go, okay, yeah, I'm going to make it through this. And that's that's where we're coming from. 
And you really, do you think, you know, as grandparents, you have a different perspective than you did as a parent. You know, you've kind of been able to see it. Yeah. You know, what matters and what maybe isn't (laughs) as scary as you think it was. Yeah. uh, The uh, the big picture thinking. And as as Christ followers, we we have that. We have this eternal vision. Uh, Again, as you get older, that's how God designed it. Grandparents, we have a little bit uh, wider perspective. We're a little bit closer to uh, our eternal uh, glory. And uh, we can uh, we can see the big picture and go. You know what? That what what our grandson's going through doesn't matter. We know it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fine. They will survive that. But uh, we we can frame it in a way that uh, that we know, and maybe they can understand because they trust you. You know, and you are very intentional too about you know just sharing the gospel. How do you how do you do you know because I, I I've tried to you know from the very youngest, you know, even when we pray, when we put him down to bed at night, sometimes when we babysit and we'll say, you know, and dear God, thank you for dying on the cross for Renly's sins, you know, and may she come to know you, may she, you know, and those kind of things from the very beginning, even though we're not, we're not, you know, make asking her to make a decision, um, because really I know her parents are wanting to do that and I, and they want the privilege, of, but I want to reinforce that. Um, how do you go about, you know, doing that maybe with older kids or all the kids? Well, it's very interesting. I've been speaking to grandparents and especially if you go to a, a you know, conservative, you know, Baptist church mm-hmm. or a Bible, Bible church, there are always going to be grandparents in the crowd that raise their hand or you can see it in their face that and this is hard, that they are being kept away. Mm-hmm. From their grandkids, their adult children are just trying to figure out this life thing. And even if they're their their adult children, uh, there's maybe their son has you know is a, is an authentic Christian. He he married a gal who's not perhaps maybe they're unequally yoked, and and they love each other, but there's stuff going on there. And grandma and grandpa are being kept away from spending alone time with the grandkids because they're going to force feed religion onto. Yeah. To my kids, it's like, and it just breaks my heart. And I'm trying to process the best way to to counsel to counsel these people, these grandparents who are so broken about this. Again, now we're getting real serious again, but this is serious business. Uh, you got to love first. Uh, you have to earn the right. You got to respect the parents. You got to pray them through. The first goal has to be to make sure that you keep the door open for communication, because without that. You don't have any chance to, to share the gospel either today or down the road. So um, as much as we want to, you know, grab the kid and take him through the, uh, you know, the, the four steps to salvation right. when they're four years old, you know what? Um, slow down, love first. I think that's where I'm going from. What do you guys think? Well, wouldn't you say, too, that the, you know, really a grandparent role is a backseat role. Um, I know, you know, I'll hear parents parents will say about their their parents, you know, as they grandparent, they'll say, well, you know, I take my kids over to Minnie and Pops. That's who we are. Minnie mm-hmm. and Pops. And, uh, you know, they let them watch things that we wouldn't let them watch. And I'm thinking, big dummies, just don't let, you know, do what the parents want as opposed to, well, I'm not showing anything that I didn't show you. And they make the stance and it does separate kids from their parents. 
Well, um, yeah, and one of the chapters uh, in my book is is kind of the whole warning. I mean, the book is things to do. It's 40 right. chapters of things to do. Actually, it's only 39 chapters of things to do. One of the chapters is things not to do, and I call that chapter the, the worthwhile warnings chapter. And it's things like, as I page to the book, chapter 15, it's uh, uh, don't post photos of your grandkids on social media without the parents' permission. Don't indulge your grandkids with unlimited junk food. Don't grimace. <laughs> don't grimace when the parents announce the name of the new baby. Because you might not like it at all, but you know what? That's the name of the new baby. And I'm not going to read all these, but you know what? Don't treat your grandsons different than your granddaughters. I mean, yeah, they're they're different. Boys and girls are different, but you got to love them both the same kind of thing. Don't don't have a favorite grandkid. You know what? Car seats are serious business. Put it get a car, you know what? Oh man, that's the best advice I've ever given a grandparent is if you got a toddler or grandkid and you're going to be hauling them around, don't take mom and dad's car seat every time. Buy a car seat, put it in your car, because then you don't have to struggle with it each time. All that, right. to, say, all that to say, uh, uh, and also don't interrogate your grandchildren about what's up with their mom and dad. Don't do that. Don't interrogate. Your mm. <laughs> and, um, again, warnings, uh, because, uh, uh, yeah, you're right. The gatekeepers are mom and dad. In most cases, in most cases. And you want to stay on the same team. You yeah, want absolutely. to keep them on your team. You don't want to say, oh, I don't, I know your parents wouldn't like this, but <laughs> you know, you want to say, oh, your mom and dad wouldn't let you. So we're not going to do that. You, you want to reinforce that the their authority is their parents and their authority is God. At, at the same time, Todd, you can still spoil your grandkids. <laughs> a, a little more candy. Maybe they can stay up a little bit later. That kind of thing. That. I mean, I think that's that's a grandparenting right. Come on, we had we had we would take our kids to a kind of an adoptive grandparent uh, in the town we live in, and we would leave the kids there for two hours, and they would give them as many ice cream cones as they could eat. You know, so they would eat three ice cream cones, and it was like, wow. <laughs> well, you know what? The kids eventually they learn a lesson out of that, don't yeah, they? That's it's like, right. man, that's one right. one would have been enough. Too. You know, there you go. Good. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, Jay, as we're kind of running down, because uh, Scott knows that on Wednesday, today I'm going back. I'm the gym teacher at our, our homeschool co-op, so I got to leave here in a little bit. But would you want to read a little bit from your book? You know, uh, yeah, Thank you. Yeah, um, I do speaking to groups, and uh, and normally, normally I just speak, but I, I found one chapter in my book that towards the end of my talk, I just read it, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Because it gets it gets to to where the importance of what a grandfather and a grandma can do. Chapter thirty nine: A grandparenting exercise. Track with me here if you can. I do this once in a while. It's great fun and eye opening. To get the full effect and find my find yourself laughing out loud, it probably helps if you have more than a few grandchildren. But it's also a valid exercise if you have one or two. Here's the drill: choose a grandkid. And simply think about them until you smile. Their eyes, their hugs, their laugh, their serious face, the way they jump and wiggle, even the way they pout or whine. Imagine their future. Imagine the next time you get to see them. That's it. Just go ahead and try it. If you've chosen a four-year-old grandson or granddaughter, it's easy. Your smile will come quickly. At that age, they are surprising, energy-filled goofballs that say very silly and sometimes very profound things. Newborns 
also promote instant smiling. That's because they are all potential. The future has no limits. As they absorb the sights and sounds of the world, you can tell they are learning something every single moment. Babies and toddlers typically learn more in one day than you have in the last six months, right? Mm. Have a middle schooler in that upcoming generation, they are also going through moments of self-discovery. Plus, moments of rejection, frustration, confusion. That's what middle schoolers are and what middle schoolers do. With that understanding, you, grandfather, should be able to smile knowing that there's light at the end of the tunnel. Thinking about older teens or young adults in your family may leave you scratching your head. They are facing decisions that you never even considered. Technology and culture have come so far. Still, you should be able to consider their heart, mind, and soul, and find reason to smile. Or maybe, grandfather, this exercise is hard. Smiling as you think about your grandchild may seem impossible. Some grandparents may even be angry reading this chapter. Why might that be? Do you have grandchildren you don't know or can't know? then this exercise is even more valuable than you realized. Perhaps this is a call to action to be more involved in that young life. If it requires some relationship mending or bridge building, then begin planning for how to make that happen. Search your heart. Set some new priorities. As the patriarch of your family, you've been given the authority and responsibility to set the tone. It might not be easy. On the, on the other hand, maybe it's not as difficult as you think. Consider doing what needs to be done so that you and many others can smile again. Maybe you stopped short in this, quote, find a reason to smile exercise, because every time you think about one particular grandchild, you get sad. In recent years, that young person has been making some bad decisions. And the idea of smiling about them doesn't even seem remotely possible. What a burden. Your heart is breaking and you feel helpless. Well, grandfather, you are not helpless. Perhaps you are the help they need. You are still here. They're still here. Instead of involving the entire family, initiate a one-on-one -on -one connection with that grandson or granddaughter. What if you reached out and entered their life in a whole new way? You and them on a park bench. You and them taking a road trip. You and them finding the right doctor, social worker, or spiritual leader. You and them kicking back someplace with sun on your face. Many young people just need someone who loves them to be the wind beneath their wings. Here's another possibility. Maybe you can smile about all your grandkids except one. Maybe that boy or girl has a physical, mental, or emotional challenge that you think holds them back and it makes you sad. Your dreams for them have fallen short. You pray for them and you do internet research looking for answers and their future you think is hopeless? In that case, in every case, look closer. Think outside your box. Every child is different, and every child is precious. Little Amelia or Elijah 
may not grow up to be a tech wizard or a corporate CEO or some powerhouse attorney, but they may experience profound joys in ways that may be hard for you to understand. Do whatever it takes to share that joy. Finally, maybe, maybe you cannot smile because one of your grandkids has left this world and you don't want to think about him or her. As a grandparent, that's another gift that you can bring to the family. Be the one who's not afraid at the right time to remember that precious life and express love and appreciation for what that life meant to so many people. This grandparenting, ex grandparenting exercise, pursuing a smile for each grandchild, is a private endeavor, but the result is more hope, appreciation, and joy in your life, which should be obvious to the entire family. Discovering or rediscovering each smile is a chance to clear away some of the darkness and the fog so that you can envision a bright future for those young people you love so much. Thanks, uh, Todd, for letting me read that. Well, that's a great way to, to end our conversation. Um, and again, uh, if you'd like to read more, because there is a lot more, it's called Hooray for Grandparents by Jay Payleitner. Uh, Jay, what's the best way to maybe get a hold of you? Because like you said, you do speak to all kinds of men's groups, all kinds of groups, sure. um, giant auditoriums. They're filled with no one. <laughs> um, he, he does that as a specialty of his, but the one to get on your newsletter, because I get your newsletter and I'm always encouraged by it. How can they do all that? Well, my name is impossible to spell, but I'll, I'm going to spell it anyways. <laughs> Uh, it's actually uh, my, my name.com, jpayleitner.com, J-A-Y-P-A-Y-L-E-I-T-N-E-R.com, jpayleitner.com. And you know what? If you Google Hooray for Grandparents or look at that, for that'll show you how to get spell my name and you can get, get, you can get there from there or 52 Things Kids Need from a Dad. Um, or even if you misspell J. Payleitner these days, uh, I think Google it comes corrects close. It, it yeah. comes pretty close and Google corrects it. So go uh, there and you'll find a place. You can see photos of my grandkids. You can see how to book me for a speaking gig. All 30, some of my books uh, are, are there and some crazy stuff about my history, uh, uh, selling law books and copiers and that kind of thing and my radio uh, production history. But anyways, thank you, Todd. Yeah, I'd love to come speak out any, any place. And I'm, uh, I work cheaper than Todd, probably. You know, Todd would charge you thousands and thousands of dollars. I'll come out for less than that. Uh, <laughs> Jay um, is, he's a deal. Uh, you know, he must, he wants to get out there. So uh, you, know, I, you I, need I, a guy, get him. Get him. Uh, uh, what a blessing you guys are. But uh, if you got a lot of money, see me. No. <laughs> come and talk to me. Because that's Forget what it's about, Jay. right? That's what it's about. It's about the cash, man. It's, it's no, you know, it, it kind of it boils be. down to that. It boils <laughs> down to that. Well, you, you got to pay the bills, but uh, <laughs> these are working for a ministry. Working, uh, you know. In, uh, there you go. Uh, All sorry. right. Hey, well, uh, what a privilege to hang well, out. Well, thanks you. for joining us. Thanks for doing what you do. Uh, I'm, you know, what do you work? I hesitate to even ask you because every book I go to write, like Jay's already written three of them. Well, um, I got to take just twenty seconds. Uh, I was writing a book for a publisher. It was a book for dads of daughters, supposed to be a little fun, fun little book for dads of daughters. And um, I asked if, if my daughter could help me write it. So we were, she wrote it and it was getting really creepy and dark and intense and they refused it. They rejected the manuscript. So it sat in my computer for four or five years and now it's finally coming out. Salem Publishing, Salem Books picked it up and a girl, it's called Girl Dad. It's coming out in May. I wrote the first uh, 
3,000 words in every chapter. And then my my 20-something daughter, Rayanne, wrote 1,000 words on why I was wrong <laughs> and uh, or added to it. Uh, and it's a very intense book that's coming out in May called Girl Dad. And I've had the privilege of pre-reading it, and it's awesome. You should check yeah. it out yeah. when it All comes right. out. There you go. Right, there okay. You go. That's, that's, I'll come back and talk some other time about that. <laughs> okay. That sounds great. Well, Scott, I uh, hope as a new soon-to-be grandfather that uh, that kind of whetted your whistle. Uh, you know, I, I'm just always struck because really being a grandpa is just an extension of being a dad. Um, it's a little bit different. But, you know, even as he was talking, I know there is a lot of pain where some parents don't let their grandparents be a part of their kids' lives. But I'll tell you, sometimes we as parents, we sow that seed in our children, you know, if you're not letting your grandparents, I'm talking to you dads, if you're not letting your parents be involved in your kids' lives, don't be surprised if your kids don't allow you to be involved in their lives. Um, because I think I see a pattern in that. So, you know, you want your parents, even if they do things wrong and do things differently, you still want them to be involved in your life. So work hard at that. Hey, we're out of time. Uh, have a great weekend, Dad. You know, maybe connect with your parents or grandparents or maybe do something special with your grandchildren and uh i don't know if we should like submit names for scott i do like granddad my dad's is granddad granddad's a good solid name but if you've got a great name like chief let us know maybe scott can implement it because it's not too late to change your name at this point it becomes later it's harder later so have a great weekend and uh don't forget you to dad and maybe even the granddad and that's our show for this week, Dad. Thanks for joining us for the Family Man Show with Todd Wilson. If you have a question for the show, email Todd at familyman at familymanweb.com. If you have a question for me, you can reach me at scott at unsocializedmedia.com. Thanks for joining us, Dad. Have a great week. keep doing what I'm doing because I can't do anything else. So. <laughs> that's all. That's right.